0: amen amen I you may be seated sometimes i hate following that kind of stuff but i guess that's a good thing hey eh? is this you Ben? Yeah, sweet well hey welcome to redeemer city church my name is carl messenger i really have the privilege to serve here as one of our pastors and elders and yeah see you later you guys are awesome the little ones man that's a million of them i gotta drag this out but uh Hey, I actually want to start with a little bit of audience participation, so I, I assume most of you will, will will do this with me, but uh, if you have a smartphone, would you go ahead and pull that out, and I want you to open up to your social media app of choice. If you don't have a smartphone, I want you to get that out too, because I haven't seen one in a few years. Does anybody have a flip phone? We'll give you an award. There has to be someone. You're, you're, I, I Does that mean Eric has a flip phone? You're way too cool for a flip phone. Or maybe they're coming back. The Zach Morris phone? The, the Razor. I remember the Razor. It was thinner than this. All right. so <laughs> What is this guy? Security. Get this guy out of here. Um, Hey, so open up to, to any app. Now listen, if you're a hater, if you're like one of those one stars, you know, like uh, the lights or the, the drummer stayed on stage, you know, you can go ahead and put your phone away. But, but I'm just going to ask you, I'm not going to force you, I'm not going to make you, no one's going to check, I'll, I'll almost close my eyes, but I, I just want to invite you to, to check in. Uh, and so if you don't know how to do that, that's cool, you just put your phone away. But if you do, you can open up, like on Facebook, it's super easy, like even I can figure it out as an old guy. Look at that, Redeemer City Church. And then you can, like, say something or take a picture. I could take your picture. Which button is that? Is it this one? Oh, gallery. I do got a few of those. Oh, here it is, the camera one. Should we do? I'm in a selfie mode. I'll tell you about it in a minute. Who wants to be in on this? Anybody? What's up? All right, done. Mitch looks ridiculous. You're going to want to check this out. I'm going to tag Mitch for fun here because I want everybody who knows him to see... How ridiculous he looks my man post look at that i mean come on even an old guy can do it so hey listen do that if you want if not just forget i just asked that but what a day to be alive i mean what a time where no other humans in the history of the world have ever not only been able to share anything at any time with anyone no one has ever even wanted to but nowadays it's like omg sunset, Florida probs, everybody needs to see this, which I am guilty of. I love messing with my friends in Michigan and everywhere north of Tampa because it's cold, and so I'm guilty of it, but uh, we can share anything at any time with anyone, and the positive side of that is we can be connected. Like I can keep track of what's going on in the lives of friends and family that that live all over, and and that's a really, really good thing, and, and I love that about social media. On the flip side, I imagine most of us, if not all, would agree it's not necessarily a perfect tool, and and it may have some downsides. So let me explain um, a really bad idea that I've been working on lately. So I've kind of had this, uh, I've been working on a social sciences type of, it's that bad, type of experiment here, where um, over the last few months, I've kind of been trying to changed again it's failed um how we use social media and so uh, even just yesterday you can throw it up there I wasn't going to do it but Brian if you would this is yesterday in fact it might still be live it's about to be gone on my Instagram where I am posting so like rather than posting like perfect pretty pictures like I'm posting like silly kind of stupid stories and the idea is that this is one take I didn't take six pictures, I didn't check the lighting, I didn't wear makeup, I didn't do any of that. Uh, You know, the crows thing is in full force, especially if it was brighter, and my Detroit versus everybody, which is my favorite sweatshirt. I I get to wear it two days a year, so this was one yesterday morning downtown. And so I've come up with this, like, you know, Operation Overlord, this internal code name for what I've been doing, which is hashtag Buck the gram. and so if you were to search that, you'd find about four posts all by me, because <laughs> because it has not caught on, and it's gone so poorly that um, that and this this in a funny way that God works, it, it's going to tie in even better to to the sermon than I planned. Is in the last even just two weeks, I have received multiple like phone calls and texts from the people in my life that know me the best, and so. Not no joke. A few days ago, I get a call from Liz, and so of course I pick up. What's up, girl? Something like that. And uh, Liz is my wife, by the way. I didn't I didn't clarify that. I meant to. I meant, yeah, it's a very important detail to What's up, girl? And um, and and she's like, um, we need to talk. W- w- right, which is never. There's just, there's never. It's never good. It's not. We need to talk. I won the lottery. You know, we need to talk. Something good happened. Our kids did something cool. And so I'm like. What, what, I mean, what, what did I do? What did I not do? Did I mow the lawn? I didn't think she'd notice. Did I forget to unload dishes, laundry? All, oh yeah, I didn't do any of that. Okay, what? You know, what is it? Yeah? And she's like, Carl, what the heck did you just post on Instagram? I'm like, what? And mean, Buckley Graham. She's like, nobody gets what you're doing, and you look stupid. <laughs> delete. Hang up and delete it now. And I'm like, can't stop, won't stop. Won't do it. Won't do it. So here's the, 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 my, the failed ex- ex- Please take the picture now. Thank you. Um, I could have done worse ones. I could have done worse ones. I'm just going to leave it at that. So if, if you don't follow me, keep it that way. Um, but here's why. Here's, here's why I thought this would work. Is since most people, if not all, frankly, people on social media, they only post these perfect, filtered, edited versions of their life we don't really know each other. We don't really know who we really are, how we really are. Everything's perfect, right? But you know it's not. Like you didn't just wake up. You know this is. You know might delete later. It's one of the other things. I I, I I've got a new hashtag. Won't delete later. Kind of going off of that. It's like no. You you are you are putting forth a false perception of your reality, and the danger is that each one of us we were. Created and wired to connect, to be known, to be accepted, to be loved, how we were created. But when we create this false narrative, we become so good at putting up a front and looking a certain part that we're not even who we really are. And so the real danger is that I don't really know who you are and you don't know who I am unless I post those stupid pictures. It's starting to get that way because everything's perfect. But real life isn't perfect. And real relationships aren't perfect. You can throw up your date night photos and everything's great. But if you were really doing a live stream, maybe it wasn't. And maybe it was. And please tell me what I'm doing wrong. But um, the real danger is this. And and this uh, is, if you're following along in your sermon note card, I wanted wanted these blanks on there. Because this is, I think, a really, really serious matter for a lot of us in this room. But many of us are going to go through our entire lives with the depth of friendships of an Instagram relationship where we're not going to be known we're not going to get to know somebody who they really are we're not going to get authentic and real we're just going to pass by with things are fine how you doing good what's up nothing how are the kids great how's your marriage great and we're not going to really be known or get to know, or be able to enter into true love, friendships, and relationships with each other. Thank you, Earl. And so we're manicured, and we're filtered, and we're fake, and we're not us, and we're not known. So this morning in our study of of the four loves, which we're basing off of the C.S. Lewis classic, The Four Loves, um, but of course the scriptures, we're going to dive deep down into biblical true love friendships. What is it? How do you get it? And and what will your life be like uh, if you have it? And so, hey, since your phones are out, I guess, um, why don't you uh, open your Bibles, or if you're old school like me, I do the real thing. Open your Bibles to Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, chapter 10. Hebrews is like all, it's in the New Testament, so don't get thrown off. It's like all the way at the back. Um, there's only a few little, uh, kind of letters after it, and then you get to Revelation, which is kind of big, but Hebrews chapter 10. Um, and I want to read uh, a, a portion of this text, verse 19 through 25. And we're going to kind of hop back and forth through this text. We're also going to be in the Old Testament book of Ezekiel, so that'll be a fun one to find. Um, but I want to I start here, and I want to begin to look through the lens of true love friendship that's designed by God, and see a call in this text and then some of these C.S. Lewis texts as well. So uh, here in um, Hebrews chapter 10, um, verse, verse 19, uh, let me read. It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the fresh and living way that he inaugurated for us through the curtain, we just sang about the veil, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and the assurance that faith brings because we have had our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. And let us hold unwaveringly to the hope that we confess for the one who made the promise is trustworthy. And let us take thought of how to spur one another on to love and good works, not abandoning our own meetings as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other, and even more so, because you see the day drawing near. So, um, we've uh, two weeks ago, our uh, our young adults we actually uh, sat with this this very subject, and we defined like true love friendships as this: living authentically in relationship with people committed to Christ. And so, I want to break down that definition. And see how that applies to our lives. So the first one, and this will be those three kind of one, two, threes on your note card. Number one is living authentically. Now, we may kind of think we do this, right? If you're like, uh, I haven't, like, murdered anyone. I'm not, like, living, you know, you know, this giant false lie. I mean, yeah, a little bit. But, like, you know, I don't know. Like, I have friends. I like people. I'm with people. I'm sitting some, next to somebody right now. I have relationships. And we might think we do this. And, and many of us do. And, and many of us do. But as we just read in Hebrews um, 10, 24... uh, I'm actually reading the wrong part here. Um, Because of how we've been wired and because of how we enter into these relationships, and frankly, not to put it all on social media, but our social media culture informs us to manage our information to and fro. And so, rather than living authentically... We end up living inauthentically, just putting up the front and then accepting other people's fronts. It really goes both ways. And so the lie that we believe is that if I'm honest, if I'm truly authentic with you and tell you what I'm thinking or what I'm doing or not doing, right, because that can be part of it, we buy this lie that you'll judge me, you won't accept me. Maybe even you'll hate me or reject me. But it's a lie. In fact, it's, it's a complete opposite of the truth. The lie is what will people think if they knew what I was really thinking and doing? You know what they'll think? They'll think, you're a lot like me, except you're honest. And you tell the truth. And you don't hide it. You're a lot like me, and the funny thing about that is that in that authenticity and that love, we'll actually respect and trust and love each other more. In uh, The Four Loves, C.S. Lewis writes a lot of awesome stuff. On his chapter on friendship, right on the first page there, he writes this. um, He says, very few modern people think friendship a love of comparable value, or love at all. He says, To the ancients, friendship seemed the happiest and most fully human of all loves, the crown of life and the school of virtue. The modern world, in comparison, ignores it. And he kind of throws out why he thinks this is. He says, The first and most obvious answer is that few value it because few experience it. He goes on to say in this, uh, Will be up there um, about friendship. He says friendship arises out of mere companionship. So acquaintanceship—you just meet someone, and that can grow to friendship when two or more of the companions discover that the, that they have in common some insight or interest or even taste which the others do not share, and which till that moment each believed to be his own unique treasure or burden. Right, and so so often as Christians. Because we don't live authentically and because we're all imperfect and we have sin in our life and make mistakes, we feel this great burden. Like, well, I can't share this burden with this friend. But what does Jesus say? He says, cast all your cares and your burdens on me, right? And so that's part of living authentically. So he says, if, if you share this treasure in common or this burden, he, he, he describes it this way. The typical expression of opening friendships, of so moving into true love friendship, would be something like, What? You two? I thought I was the only one. And so we live authentically because we're not the only one. And then number two, that moves into, and this is an important part of it, in relationship. And so we're talking like friendships with real-life people in relationships. Not, oh, I have so many followers on my social media. Real-life friendships with people. And as we read, this is where I meant to go, a minute ago, in Hebrews ten twenty four to 25, we're instructed to take thought, how to spur one another on, to love and good works or good deeds, your version may say. Not abandoning our own meetings. or Your version may say not forsaking meeting together, not forsaking the gathering. And that's talking about right now, but it's really talking about when you leave here. Don't just come to church, have an experience, do a service, sing a song, listen to some scripture, shake a hand, drink some coffee, and then hopefully see you next week. I mean, those things are good. Don't forsake meeting together. Don't forsake living authentically in relationship with each other, as some are in the habit of doing. So some are in the habit of doing that, but encourage one another. I love how Mitch shared last week. We we practiced our sermons together throughout the week, and, and this phrase came up before last week that it was just like, gold, and we're going to try, well, I'm going to do it this week, it's up to you and the next couple, but to kind of incorporate it and, and tweak it into each of, of our weeks, as I'm talking about friendship, and, and th- the phrase he used was so good, that true love, and I'll say friendship, um, is like any relationship, it's forged, not found, so it's what C.S. Lewis is saying is, you don't just bump into someone and be like, oh, I guess we'll be E, if that's still a thing, I'm dating myself, it's not a thing anymore, nobody talks like that, Um, it's forged. You grow to that. And you've got to be willing to grow to that. True friendship takes work and prioritization. And I know. Like, there's not, so this forsaking being together, there's not a group in the history of the world that there hasn't been a time where every single one of the members of this group have not wanted to go. Like, it's been like, ah, uh, I don't really feel like it. And you've been there. Some of you are there tonight. Like, oh, man, there's a couple city groups, but, you know, I don't know. I'm tired, right? And this was me last Monday. So I, um, I most weeks, not every week, I know not every week, but most weeks I come to the 6 a.m. men's group that meets right here, and it's awesome. I love it. Every time I go, I'm so glad I did. And so, Super Bowl was last Sunday. I watched it with Jordan. Chiefs. Who knew there were so many Chiefs fans in the world? And... Um, <laughs> He's from Kansas City, so he's allowed to be. And my son is the quarterback, so I was happy about that. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's a late night. Duh, you get that. But I'm going to come to Bible study. And so I set my alarm like a good boy, and my alarm worked because it does, and it went off. And I rolled over, and I said, not going to happen. And I turned it off. I didn't snooze. I don't snooze. You snoozers. I don't get you. You're, you're messed up. You're, you're just, I'm just being authentic. Just being authentic. So I turn it off, and I say, you're not going to go. You know, someone else will cover it. And um, I fell back asleep, which is a gift I have, frankly. I can fall asleep anywhere at any time. And uh, I fell back asleep. And then, like, four minutes later, I, I was awoken, and I had this, like, supernatural energy. It was weird. Like, okay, Lord, fine, I'll go. Got up, even brushed my teeth. I mean, it was a good morning. And so I come to group, and it was awesome. We finished. We've been going through Ephesians. We finished going through Ephesians, and it was such a great discussion and ton of guys here. And then, and then we finished. And I think it was Kenny. It was someone asked like, "Well, what are we going to read? You know, starting next week." And there were some really bad ideas in the group. Um, I, I don't know Leviticus, some, some like that. And I. Well, you know maybe you know let's do something you know a little smaller than that and and then i don't know it was probably me because hashtag cs lewis but somebody suggested hey we're doing like the four loves you know with you know big church right now and um you know cs lewis has got a few few legit books like all of them and i uh someone suggested well how about we do um the only extra biblical book that's that's required or entrance into heaven. And so, of course, mere Christianity was suggested <laughs> and embraced. And even Ryan Hess bought it, like, sitting there and started reading it on his phone. It was awesome. So, so it was amazing. Like, I'm so glad I went. I didn't want to go. I wasn't going to go. And I went, and I needed it, and we all needed that. And now look where we're going. So listen, if you're in here and you're a man, I see some of you here. 6 a.m., right here. Tomorrow, I'll probably be there, 6 a.m., mere Christianity. If you want to get into heaven, it's good stuff. So you want to check that out. Actually, Earl showed up with his motorcycle the other day at my house and scared my kids. (laughs) And so live authentically in relationship. This is part of that. Not forsaking meeting together. You need this. We need it. I need it. You need it. With people committed to Christ probably gonna offend some people here which you know i'm up with people committed to christ not with your crossfit community not with your brunch buddies not even with your family now let me explain any members of those three examples and there's limitless examples can be part of living authentically in relationship with people committed to Christ, if they're people committed to Christ. And listen, I love my family. I kind of have to, but I do. And my extended family. I do love and I choose to love my immediate family. And I love brunch. I, I, I do love brunch. Now, maybe not Sunday at 10 a.m., because I have somewhere to be. But um, And don't forsake gathering together. Now, I do hate CrossFit. So that part, actually, that one is out. No matter how you slice it. But insert, insert a gym, insert a sports team, insert knitting club. I don't know. But, like, that's awesome. Do those things if you must. But we kind of, well, I have friends. So why do I need to learn about friendship? And that's what C.S. Lewis is saying when moderns, which is a funny way to say, you know, everybody today, is, like, we don't really view it as love. Uh, Yeah, I have friends. Like, I go to the gym with or I work with and uh, all these friends we literally call them friends on Facebook but are you living authentically in real relationship which is which includes being in person like I can't count all my michigan friends some of them because we'll call each other out no matter the distance but with people committed to Christ you know the apostle paul writes and i had a bunch of these verses so i'm just going to do this one in second corinthians 6:14 he says do not be yoked together with unbelievers he says what what fellowship does light have with darkness it it can't now listen fellowship authentic true love relationship we're not saying oh if you're, you know, your mom's not a believer you know Sorry, Mom, I can't talk to you anymore. You didn't raise me right. I'm not saying break up. I can never go to brunch again, you know, or I'm quitting the gym, though that's fine. No, we're talking about what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? If I want to be a man that continues to grow to be more and more like Christ, that's what I want. If Hebrews 10, if I want that to be true in my life, if I need to be spurred on to love and good deeds, if I need to grow in my authenticity, if I need to grow in my relationship with people committed to Christ, then I have to be in the deepest levels of true love friendship with those people. I should then take that, which I'm going to talk about for the next half here, out to those dead areas and those other areas. Well, Paul, he's not saying, hey, like, let's just form a holy huddle and not be around unbelievers. Literally, we have a thing called the Great Commission, where Jesus said, go to those people. Like, this is, this is what you must do. But he also sends us out two by two. He sends us out together in relationship with people committed to Christ. C.S. Lewis said, This is why I'm confused. I am I'm, I'm going back and forth. I've got six different things up here. I think this is the next thing. Is the next thing the very condition? It is. Praise God. C.S. Lewis said, This is these next quotes, I'm telling you. Pay attention. The very condition of having friends is that we should want something else besides friends. Where if the truthful answer to the question, hey, man, do you see the same truth? And if friend, number A over here, said, um, I see nothing and I don't care about truth. I only want a friend. He says, no friendship can arise. Like, that's not friendship. That's, you're not, well, I don't want to give it away. He says, though affection may. We talked about it last week. You can like, wow, I see you. I like you. You're amazing. I have affection for you. Okay, that's a love, but it's not friendship. And he says this um, there would be nothing for the friendship to be about, and friendship must be about something. Even, and this guy's he's, he's something else, even if we're only an enthusiasm for dominoes or uh, white mice, it, if any of you really resonated, with that white mice part, I'm not sure we can help you. I'm just, those can only be cast out by prayer. Although, it, it's it's funny, I actually, as I was practicing this this week, it dawned on me, as my Insta stories have shown you, we did just get a guinea pig. And so, maybe this, he's talking about me. And so, white mice men in the world, call me. rodent Rodent guild, let's do it. I'm in, I guess. I was outnumbered, FYI, five to one. So, yeah, white mice or dominoes. But here's the point. And and, um, this is, uh, I believe, a blank in your card. If it's not, write this down. Those who have nothing can share nothing. Those who are going nowhere can have no fellow travelers. I mean, mic drop, close in prayer, like sit with that the rest of your life. And so consider this, where are you going and who's going with you? Maybe another way to put it is why are your friends your friends? Again, don't ghost them. Sorry, bro, I can't be your friend anymore. Pastor said something. (laughs) But who are your fellow travelers and where are you going and what are you sharing with each other? Is it authentic relationship committed to Christ Or is it some of these other things that, frankly, don't really matter and won't really get you anywhere? And then we're good anyway. Now, I know this is certainly a a subject um, that could hit you in the face a little bit, which I'm cool with. But this is not like, you know, thoughts from Carl. Like, Carl, just be better friends because I like friends. This is the Bible. This is scripture. This is how God has created each one of us to know and be known and to be real and to be authentic, to know that you're not perfect and I'm not perfect, that we're all humans and we're all in need of Christ. And so if, if you apply this, if you listen to God's word in this area and you get plugged into authentic relationships with believers, you'll experience life. You'll experience more of what God created you to do, more of the call that Christ has on your life. But again, we've bought another lie, and we've bought the lie that that God just wants to control us. He just wants to crush us with rules. He wants to kill our fun and make us all live in this uniform way, and that is the complete opposite of what God has come to do. And, And Jesus tells us that in John 10. He's literally come... That we would have life to the full. Jesus has come so we could live authentically in relationship with people committed to him. And so in making distinction between these four loves, and Mitch is going to cover the next two, including this first one. Have fun with that next week. He says this, and you got to hear me out here. Please don't leave yet. And, you know, if your kids are in here, maybe cover their eyes. But he says, eros which is where we get the word erotic, like sexual love. If you're interested in that, come back next week. Eros will have naked bodies. but Friendship will have naked personalities. And I read that. It's like, that is what friendship is. I know everything about you, and you know everything about me, and that's what makes us friends. Otherwise, we're acquaintances or companions, and, and that's okay. Like, don't be enemies, I guess. That's what we're aiming for. And he says this. He says, One knows nobody so well as one's fellow. He's uh, British. Every step of the common journey tests his metal, And the tests are tests we fully understand because we're undergoing them ourselves, right? Like, what? Me? You too? Me too? If at the outset we had attended more to him, more to the friend, more to the companion, and less to the thing our friendship is about, We should not have come to know or love him so well. Look at these examples. You will not find the warrior, the poet, the philosopher, or the Christian by staring in his eyes as if he were your mistress. Better to fight beside him, read with him, argue with him, and pray with him. It's like, can you imagine, like, bro, looking in your eyes, your eyelashes, man, wore your eyelashes, bro. They're like, they're like spears ready to pounce. Like, really like Wolverine eyes, man. It's rid- I mean, it's like, how do I even just say that publicly? Like, it's ridiculous. But what is it? It's, bro, when I'm with you, man, you stand for what's right. You will fight for justice at whatever cost to yourself. You don't back down. You're not scared. Dude, you're a warrior. Or, man, when I'm around you, you ask the best questions. And, like, you help me to walk around an issue, and I didn't think of it from this level or this level. And I love that about you. Or the way you pray. Man, when you pray, I feel God is sitting in that circle with us. We're not just throwing up a Hail Mary or hoping a prayer or a wish upon a star lord would you just kind of do something it's god i'm talking to you personally and you're speaking to us and his presence is there i love that about you i've seen it i've experienced with you the way you share the way you listen to me the way i know i can share anything with you or call you at any time and you won't be like bro dude like you need to quit you're a pastor you i'm telling on you no i love that about you i love you because we 've tested each other and we 've gone together through hell and back with christ side by side that 's friendship don 't settle for companionship or acquaintances or fake, not real friends you know there's there 's a vision in 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 the Old Testament prophet of ezekiel there's a million there 's actually a ton it 's got forty eight chapters to his book. Um, but towards the end, in Ezekiel 47, that I came across this, and I just saw friendship all over what what God was, was speaking through Ezekiel. And so you can turn there if you want. Uh, you don't have to. Um, but in in chapter forty seven uh, Ezekiel records this vision and, and at this time, without getting into the whole history of it, you can google it but you 've got ezekiel and jeremiah they're they 're contemporaries they 're prophets and they 're like two of the really only few people at this time it 's the sixth century b c that are really following God uh, in Israel and judah and at the same time, the Babylonians are like conquering everybody, and they are besieging Jerusalem and eventually this prophecy, uh, other others of his prophecies and Jeremiah's prophecies come true in 586 BC when King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon conquers Jerusalem and destroys the temple. But then Ezekiel has this vision and in this vision um, he sees the temple and he sees water trickling out of the temple. Just just a trickle. It's not a whole lot of water. And then It keeps trickling and it's growing and it's 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 just a puddle. And then it gets a little deeper and it's ankle deep and it's knee deep and it's waist deep. And eventually, like thousands of feet east of Jerusalem, it turns into a deep river that he says that no man could cross. And then it keeps going all the way, all the way east until it runs into the Dead Sea. And when it gets to the Dead Sea, it. I was going to say magically, but it's not magic. It supernaturally changes the Dead Sea from a dead sea to a life-giving sea filled with vegetation and fish of many kinds. And so I've got a map here because this is really important. You want to throw that up, Brian? And I think it actually shows it pretty well. So here's Jerusalem. And so this river that Ezekiel describes um, is actually... Um, physically impossible. Well, A, trickling water, they don't have pipes, so it's not like, oh, shoot, the pipe bursts. But forget that part. To get the water to run from here to here, it's not possible because immediately you'd hit the Kidron Valley, which that sounds like, okay, well, gravity, cool. Valley on down to the sea. But then you hit the Mount of Olives. I don't know how clear it is for you. Um, Then we hit a mountain. And what I like about this, two things I like about this map, is you can see the topography here and how mountainous this is. And so this river is going to go down and up and down and up this whole way, and then somehow it's going to get to the Dead Sea, which you can see no other rivers can do that. See? Oh, mountain, 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 go north. And then this mountain, uh, river, hello. But notice the color around the Dead Sea. Now, some of you have been there. Hayden, you were just there a few months ago. Like, it's not like, you know, St. Pete Beach. Look at these palm trees. There's nothing there because everything's dead. Nothing can live there. The, the salinity, which is fancy for the saltiness of the water is so great that the cool thing is you can float on it and it's got healing properties. So it's like, oh, I don't like need a $2 Walmart floaty. I've got the salt. And so that part's cool. But because of that, and you can see on this map, all this gray area, nothing can grow on it. But when the water flowing out of God's temple, reaches the dead sea, the dead areas, life comes, growth happens. And, 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 and it's plural. The many fish and animals and, and trees and, and, and all that life, verses 8 through 10 say. As I read that, it, it, it just it dawned on me. What, what Ezekiel is saying, what he's describing is that we are the trickle. It's just a few right now, and it's going to get a little more, a little more, and a little more. And eventually, and for us right now, we're among the Dead Sea. We are flowing to dead areas, and we are to bring the healing power and waters of God to the dead areas, to the areas of exile, which is what's going on uh, at this time in, in Israel history. And there's law and gospel in here. You hear us talk about it all the time. Like, there's a river that you can't cross. We talked about this in depth with Jonah. Like, there's a chasm between us and God. There's a river you can't cross on your own. And even the way this map shows us, there's a river that you can't even make get to the Dead Sea. Only God is able to birth this new healing and this new growth. Rivers of living water will permanently flow from his people. Right? That's, that's the temple. It's not the building. Just like even Mitch was saying. It's, I mean, forget this old, cool Studebaker building we're in. Like, this is nothing. The temple is the body of Christ. It's the church. It's us. We are what this living water should flow out of. We are the light of the world that should be going out into the darkness. It's what Jesus spoke of in John 7 when he said, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me. If anyone believes in me, let him drink, and rivers of living water will flow from him. And so Ezekiel's vision and Jesus' words here are symbolic. They are the same call on each one of our lives to be the healing waters of Christ. That God is doing something subtle, and it's, it's below the surface. We, we maybe can't even see it right now. Maybe we're not even aware of it. It's just a trickle. We don't pay attention to trickles. But it's growing and it's growing. And then eventually it's too great for any of us to even grasp or cross or manage. Because it's the power of God at moving through his people. Through us. The waters are healing waters. And wherever they uh, flow, life was abundant. Biblical friendship comes from, and, and frankly, belongs to God. Something greater and deeper than what we even grasp when we hang out. That that there's this yearning that comes from God to bring humanity to fulfillment. A word you hear us talk about a lot is the word shalom, and it's it's maybe it's getting more hip, but if you really grasp what universal universal human flourishing and delight is. You can begin to, even I feel the healing waters in that phrase. And so God's deep waters are flowing. Not just from heaven. Like, oh great, cool, vision, Ezekiel, a long time ago, 2600 years ago. But they're not only flowing from heaven, they're flowing on earth among the broken people and places in this world. The Dead Sea, that that is Tampa and beyond. And this whole world. And God has called each one of us to live authentically in relationship with people following, committed to Christ, together. And that trickle, the hundred people in this room, trickles out into Tampa and beyond to form a river that brings the healing waters of Christ. You know, as as we were in... um, Hebrews 10, I'm reminded of the very last page of the Bible in Revelation 22, 1. This the same thing. In fact, there's there's literal connections to Ezekiel's vision as connections to to Hebrews, describes it as the river of the water of life in Revelation 22. But um, as the band comes up, the band can come up. I want to close this way is uh, back in Hebrews 10. We read this and these first two verses that we read. They may have seemed kind of like I'm not sure why we started there. We could have started in like 22, But 19 and 20 say this. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the fresh and living way that He inaugurated for us through the curtain that is through His flesh, we remember communion. We remember that it was the blood of Christ shed for us and His body that was broken for us. That is what makes that river passable. That is what makes the water flow into the areas of healing in our lives, in our relationships, and in our world. And so if you're in here and you are a follower of Christ, if you have put your trust in Christ at some point in your life, if you've not done it, you could do it right now with a simple prayer to Him. Just, Father God, I, I'm a sinner. I've fallen short. As all have, Romans three twenty three. And I trust you as my only hope for salvation, the only way to cross that river. And if you've put your faith in Christ at some point, whether it's right now or before, as the band plays this closing song called Come to the Altar, and it's just it's a perfect response song. And I just invite you at your own timing to pray. Take a moment, Lord, how am I doing? Lord, how's my relationship with you? Lord, how are my friendships? Are they real? Are they authentic? Father, who, who have you put in my life that I can walk through, walk together with? Who is committed to, to relationship with you, Lord? Would you connect me deeper to them? Lord, would you, would you give me the strength to take that first step and reach out and grab a coffee or a meal or even, they might be in this room and grab and be like, hey, you, me, outside, let's become friends. That was weird. But I'm in. You'll find the warrior right away. You kicked my butt, you're a warrior. And then when you're ready, just have a little prayer time with God as the band's singing and partake of the the body and the blood of Christ as we remember Him. And as we answer the call to trickle out into this community and into every relationship we have and bring the healing waters of Christ.